Well, looking good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on this kind of beautiful fall Sunday morning. Even as Dave looked at back at last week, I too just want to thank those of you who were involved last week. Thank you for going out and sharing the love of Christ in a variety of projects and in a variety of locations. Rhonda, thank you for joining us. It's great to have your Downey team here with you. And we just really, however we can continue to partner and be an encouragement, we want to do that. So we're, we're excited that you're in that role. And, you know, I, I do think as a church family, it's, it is great and important to have a day like our Beyond the Wall Sunday where we go out and serve together. But I also want to underscore something Dave said, and that is it's important as well to understand that, that living out the mission of Christ, as we're seeing in the book of Acts, it's not, that's not just something we put on our calendar once a year. We put it on the calendar once a year to help remind us that this, this really is... This really is to be a way of life. And along those lines, as we're going through the book of, uh, book of Acts, as we're seeing these early followers drawn into the mission of Jesus through the work of the Spirit, as we're going through this series, at different points in the series, we are wanting to just remind you, equip you, and in terms of ways you can be a part of the mission. So uh, with that in mind, at different points in the series, we're distributing different booklets that just have some ideas for you. Again, as Jesus gave his mission, he said, you know what, you're going, to be, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. That is, you're going to be my witnesses to people that are close by, to the, maybe the people that are near you but perhaps aren't quite like you, and even to those far away. That's what the mission of Jesus looks like. And so if you didn't pick one up, I'd encourage you to, this is the second in the series of booklets, and it really encourages you to think how we can be engaged in, in living out the mission of Christ to the those who, who are near us but may in some ways be different from us. And so there are different ways to pray in here, and there are also different next-step opportunities. And you've already heard a great opportunity, and that's to be a part of what we're doing at Downey Elementary. This is one step you can take. I'd encourage you to join us on November 7th and as we continue to seek to invest in that community and to partner with them. Uh, moving forward. So I encourage you to pick this up and just allow this to spur your thinking. But in challenging you in that way, there's something that, there's something we need to acknowledge that, that will be required of us. Again, as we, as we go through the book of Acts, we're learning that to be drawn into relationship with God is to be drawn into his ongoing mission. But for us to embrace that, for us to embrace our identity as witnesses of Jesus, it's going to require something of you. And it's going to require something of me. And this something is, is, is something that we're actually going to see as we continue our journey in following the storyline of the early church community. And that something is boldness. If you've got a Bible, I'm going to ask you to join with me in turning to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Now, when we were, when we were in the book of Acts two weeks ago, um, 
you know, we saw this reality that the church was growing in Acts chapter 2. They were building spiritual momentum. And at the end of Acts chapter 2, everything seems to be going great for these early followers of Jesus in Jerusalem. But then we get to chapter 3 and storm clouds begin developing over this early church. Peter heals a beggar outside the temple complex, and this generates a crowd, and so he he shares the message of Jesus, but his message gets him in trouble with the religious elite, and the following day, Peter and John are brought before the ruling council. And there, as we read in Acts chapter 3, Peter explains who Jesus is and, and how how the message of Jesus has affected what Peter has been doing and led to Peter's actions. And Luke, the author of Acts, notes this in the interaction. When they, that is the ruling council, when they saw the courage, and you can translate that boldness, it'll occur later in the passage, when they saw the courage or boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men, they had been with Jesus. Here, this idea of boldness really highlights the fact that they were, they were just willing to share. They were willing to speak clearly and freely about who Jesus was, regardless of the opinions of others. And so the religious leaders sternly hear what Peter has to say, and then they give a fierce warning to Peter and John, you're not going to speak about this anymore otherwise. We're coming after you. Threats were made. And after this stern warning, Peter and John are released. And as the, as the storyline continues in Acts 4, the next scene takes place. And as Peter and John reunite with this, with this fledgling group of early followers of Jesus. And they come together as a church community. And the, everybody else says, what happened? What happened? And they tell them. And they also hear about the threats. The threats that have been made. And as Luke recounts this meeting, we, we then hear the, this group, this, this, this handful of followers of Christ, we hear them going into prayer. And as you read the prayer in chapter 4, you will note that it's, its focus, the bulk of the prayer, is all about the character of God. It begins by acknowledging him as creator, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. And then as it moves through the prayer, it moves to a quote from a very famous psalm, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? And, and as they quote this psalm, they are acknowledging the certainty that God's plan and God's promises cannot be thwarted despite opposition. And after just celebrating the promises of God and the certainty that God's plan will be achieved... Finally, we we get to the request in the prayer. And here's what we read. Now, Lord, right? After acknowledging who he is, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great, and there's the same word that we just read in verse 2, with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they pray for two things. They pray for boldness and they pray for signs and wonders. And I know as we're going through Acts, we, we, we keep 
uh, kind of running into this theme of signs and wonders and miracles, and that raises all sorts of questions, even about today, and we'll actually talk more about that next week. But, but this morning, let's just focus on that request for boldness. As, as they pray for boldness, first of all, what is it? <laughs> what, is it what does it mean to pray for boldness? Well, different ways to describe it, but I think maybe one way to describe it is this. Boldness is simply the, the courage to act according to conviction. Right? They, I mean, and remember how they pray. God, you are doing some amazing things. And we know your plan will not be thwarted, even though we're surrounded by this opposition. So, so God, give us the boldness to live out what is true and to live and speak in light of this truth. That's what they're praying for. Now, if that's what they're praying for, why? Why are they praying? Why, why are they praying for boldness? Well, let me ask you a question. Put yourself in their situation. Why would you pray for boldness? Can I suggest you pray for boldness because you're scared, right? I know sometimes I, th- sometimes I think we read the Bible and we, you know, we kind of, we idealize maybe the early church, but they were people, right? They're people just like us. I mean, that's the way Peter and John have just been described. You know, they're uncrained. They're just ordinary people. And, and think about it. You're sitting, you're in this group of people and Peter and John had just come back and they've been freed, but they've said, but, but we were warned. Don't do this again or else. And what could the or else could be? I mean, public shaming and just in terms of social relationships, imprisonment, even execution, and we'll actually see that as we move through the next few chapters. I mean, this, 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 is, this is scary, and, it, and it's all unknown, and, and, and you know, everything it started so well, and we were this this powerful moment on Pentecost, but now there are these threats and all this, all this uncertainty. We're scared. Father, give us, give us boldness. So I think that they pray for boldness because of fear. <laughs> but, you know, I think they also prayed because of opportunities. I mean, particularly in the ancient world, in a, in a setting like Jerusalem, you're, the way you lived, you're, you're just living with people. There, you don't really have kind of a lot of private life. You, you live in public. I mean, everybody's close by, and they're going to have opportunities. Opportunities to talk about with those around them about the message of Jesus. And so I think even as they pray for boldness, man, well, I don't know how this is going to work out. This is, man, this, is, this isn't what I expected. This is a bit scary. But, but I also know as... As we move forward, God is giving us opportunities to, to explain who Jesus is. So they pray for boldness. And in praying for boldness, they're saying this. May we have the courage to live out our convictions. Because we know we're going to have opportunities to do that. Now, that's, if they're praying for boldness, really, right? The courage to live out their convictions. What, what were their convictions? Well, among other things, you see this very clearly in Peter's speech in chapter 3. He very, he very clearly explains, really, the message of Jesus. 
And he explains, you know what? God offers us a relationship where we can experience the forgiveness of our sins. And not only that, he offers us a, a relationship where even now we, we can have the, the ongoing transforming work of the Spirit. He describes it this way. He says, the time of refreshing has come. And furthermore, he says this plan of restoration and renewal, this plan that brings forgiveness will ultimately be culminated when Jesus Christ comes again. And he is confident that this plan will not be thwarted. Once again, that's why these early followers quote Psalm 2 in their prayer. So they want to live out the conviction that, that this plan of restoration is now underway. But I think not only that, they also knew that they were part of the mission. Right? They had been drawn into this mission by the Father's work through Jesus Christ. Remember, he told them, look, I want you to wait. You wait together for my spirit. And the, his spirit has come. And they, wow, we've, we've, been, we've received the promise of the spirit. The spirit is now drawing us into mission. We've been summoned into mission as the recipients of God's love and faithfulness. So they were, they were absolutely committed to the reality of this plan, but they were also absolutely committed to the reality that we have been drawn into it and we are now to be witnesses. Last weekend, obviously, was a significant weekend in the life of our church. And just to be clear, I wasn't here. <laughs> uh, because as it turned out in scheduling, last weekend was also a significant weekend in my family. Because our oldest son, Paul, was married last weekend. And as we were preparing for the wedding at their church in Seattle last Saturday afternoon, there was a moment where Rose and Paul slipped into a children's Sunday school classroom to practice their mother-son dance. <laughs> And, and as I took this picture, it was just one of those moments as a dad. One of those moments of unusual juxtaposition. <laughs> to see my son preparing for marriage, surrounded by children's books and children's toys. And with that juxtaposition, I could not help but think about all the seasons and all the moments in his life that had led to this occasion. And with that juxtaposition, I could not but help and think about all the moments in our relationship as his parents, where we had challenged him and encouraged him at times confronted him to keep moving forward, keep, to keep taking next steps, right? There's that, that first time in the pool. Jump in, I'm going to catch you, you can trust me. There's that moment when we said, no, we're going to, yeah, it's time to take the training wheels off. You're ready, I'm going to run alongside you, you can trust me. I'm gonna, we're going to be right there with you. There's 
there were those moments in elementary school and middle school saying, okay, let's talk about what does it mean to be a good friend? How can you be a good friend? How do you handle this complex situation? You can do this, and we, we want to encourage you in that. There was that dark and heavy season his sophomore year of high school when he went through unexpected medical issues throughout the throughout the school year and spent much of the year at home. And we sought to encourage him and challenge him all along the way. Then there were the weekly breakfasts that I had with him at Soda Jerk his senior year of high school, just talking about what's the next step look like and what does it look like to live as part of God's plan and how do you, how do you embrace the next season well? All these, all these steps along the way Where's parents, we challenged and invited, summoned him. Keep moving forward. And if you're a parent, you've known those moments. We, we, we engaged them ever so imperfectly, but we engaged them nonetheless. And if you know those moments of, of summoning and encouraging your kids. My question is this, if you are a follower of Jesus, have you heard the summons and invitation of your heavenly father who says, I brought you into relationship. I have forgiven your sin. I've given you my spirit so that even now, you may experience those times of refreshing. But I haven't given you my spirit simply to transform you. I have given you my spirit to equip and empower you to be part of this bigger mission. And now I'm inviting, I'm challenging, I'm summoning you to take next steps. To be a part. You see, I, I think in a real sense, those early Christians, they knew that summons. He had brought them into this relationship and he had brought them into this mission, a mission that would not be thwarted. So they, they prayed for boldness. And in a similar way, for those of us who are followers of Christ, he has brought us into that ongoing mission, that mission which will not be stopped. So the question is, the question is, are we going to be a part of it or not? Remember, this prayer is rooted in the truth that his purposes will not be thwarted. And I think that's true, even in our particular region. God's purposes in our communities, in our region, will not be thwarted. The question is, as as individuals and as a church community, as a church family, are we going to be part of it or not? Because he will accomplish what he has started. 
So I think at one level, this prayer for boldness was was a prayer that says, God, we don't want to miss out on our calling. We don't want to miss out on what you're doing. We don't want to miss out about ways in which your spirit seeks to be at work in our lives. So give us boldness. So they prayed for boldness. Now my question for you is, are, are, <laughs> as a follower of Jesus, are you, are you willing to pray that prayer? Are you willing to pray this prayer? You know, God, in light of, of what you've done in bringing me into this new relationship and the ongoing reality of that relationship, I want to be a part of your mission. But it can be scary. So, Father, I need your boldness. And you know, as you pray that prayer, are you also willing to engage opportunities that come your way? Opportunities simply to plant spiritual seeds in conversations. And as Ron has already mentioned, we don't always know what that looks like, but we have the opportunity to do that and engage that. Interestingly, in conversations recently, I've just heard what, what this can look like in different people's lives. One individual said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the process as my kids get older. I, I meet new people. I meet new people at, at kids' activities and school stuff. And, you know, just one of the things I do is I just ask people, where do you go to church? And we see where the conversation goes. One person said, I, you know, I've just really appreciated in talking with people as we've come out of COVID, hopefully. <laughs> I just enjoy asking people, you know, how did you... How did you get through? What gave you hope? And just seeing where the conversation goes. Someone said, you know, I've enjoyed the opportunity. I enjoyed a bowl and inviting people to bowl with me. And it's just a great way to get to know them. Maybe you're a student and you just got opportunities just to invite people to core to join you. Now the goal isn't to view people as projects, but the reality is this. All of us have been designed by God to know him. We've been designed as spiritual beings. Are we willing to have conversations that discuss that dimension, that dimension of who we are? Even to simply ask, you know, how how can I pray for you? Or what, what do you think about spiritual matters? Am I open to seeding conversations this way and just being attuned to how the conversation goes not being obnoxious not being a jerk but just being attuned to where people are at and what that conversation may look like and you just never know I, a couple of weeks ago a guys working on our house and and I just started a conversation with him and just asked a couple of questions and and in the course of the conversation I, I found out just more of his life story it turns out he's a He's a former Muslim who's converted to Christianity. And it was just an amazing story. So you never know where these conversations can go. Furthermore, you never know how God has been working in someone's life up to that point. And so see, here's here's what we learn from these early followers of Jesus. Because they knew they were part of God's plan. And because they knew that God's plan would not be thwarted. And because
because they knew they would have opportunities. They prayed for boldness. Now the question is, will we join them? Will we join them? In fact, let me just close with this question for you. The question is simply this. Where is God inviting you to be bold right now? Where is God inviting you to be bold right now? Let's pray together. Gracious God, I too want to thank you for the work that was done last week and, and just the willingness to go out and serve our community in a variety of schools and different locations and homes and services and all sorts of ways. So I thank you that we had the opportunity to sow those seeds and I pray that they might bear fruit. But Father, as we continue learning from the early church, I pray that we would see that to, to embrace our identity as witnesses, It will take boldness. And sometimes the fact that it takes boldness means that this, this idea of being a witness is, is simply a non-starter for us. But, Father, I pray even now for those of us who are followers of Jesus that your spirit would remind us, no, you've been, you've been called into this mission. But we're not alone. You've given us your spirit. who's at work in ways we don't fully understand or know. Furthermore, you've called us into a plan that will not be thwarted. So, Father, the question is really, are, are we going to participate or not? Father, we don't want to miss out in ways that you desire to be at work in us and through us. So with that in mind, we pray for boldness. And we pray for a willingness to engage opportunities even now. Because for some of us, even as I've been praying, you brought to mind certain situations, certain relationships, certain opportunities. Father, in those moments, I pray for us to be bold. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I'm going to invite members of our prayer team to be down at the front, and we would love to have the opportunity to pray with you if there are ways that we can pray with you. Even along these lines, we can help you pray for boldness. And now as we go, as we start a new week, would we, would we pray that God gives us boldness even as he gives us opportunities to be his witnesses? Amen.